Welcome to another episode of the Eaton Asphalt Podcast, and like a honey badger tucked up into itself, we are ready to roll. We are just days away from the first inaugural Qatar Grand Prix. I am your host, Ian. Co-host, Marco. Marco, how are we? Tell me tell me what's going on. I'm just loving, like, I'm, I'm actually excited to be back in the early mornings. It's about time. Like, I feel me like too. we always just... It kind of like got it interfered with so much going on. Like starting the day with the best part of the day, Formula One, getting back into it. Got a hot, hot, bright, sunny start weekend ahead of us in Cutter. I, I can't wait. And just so many implications this weekend in the last three weekends to go through. Drivers' title implications, constructors' title implications. It's all out there, all to be won. Uh, and yeah, let's get right into it. So on today's podcast, we got a couple of big recent headlines, actually. Talk to you a little bit about the Cotter Grand Prix as well as the track, and we'll get into some race predictions for this weekend. So let's start off with the recent headlines that have come out since we recorded just a couple of days ago. I think the main one that we'll report is that Red Bull will not be facing a penalty after Max Verstappen's running off of Lewis Hamilton. Um, And just to clarify here, so this wasn't whether or not Max was going to face a penalty. The FIA took five days to review the right to review for Mercedes. So essentially five days saying, okay, we're going to see if you have the right to go to us and see if we can get a penalty for Max. So this has been going on way too long. Um, and the actual, the result came out live uh, while Christian Horner and Toto Wolf were giving a press conference. So, I mean, this was just like a stepmom and a mom having to get along at Thanksgiving dinner throughout this press conference. Backhanded comments, double entendre comments. Um, I mean, this is, this is what it's all about. This is why we watch the drama. Yeah, I'm pretty sure maybe the Netflix executives had like a gun to the back of the FIA's head being like, <laughs> yeah. you're going to drop this when we tell you to drop this. Because, I mean, like the timing could not have been more perfect. It was like a drama. It was like a TV show. Um, I have a tweet that I would like to read to you. This tweet came from, I believe his name was Ben Hunt. And the tweet goes, Formula One is a complicated sport, but try explaining to the man on the street how it can take five days to reach a decision on whether to make a decision having not made a decision in the first place. It's pretty bonkers. And I mean, that like tweet encapsulates exactly what this sport is all about. Red tape, bureaucracy, we're getting lawyers involved to see whether or not, you know, dissecting every single word of this rule book to see, okay, you know, do they have the right to come to us and review this? Not even are we going to review it? Do they have the right to come to us and review it? So yeah, man, this is, I mean, like I said, this is, this is what I live for. Just the pet bullshit drama yeah i i cannot agree more uh moving right along pretty much i mean we just talked about uh the two principles from the top dogs we have a another another episode of the real principles of formula one talking about horner saying that he will have no problem protesting mercedes rear wing similar to what they did earlier in the year and uh you know mercedes bounced back saying you know we've told the fia they can come in and check out our rear wing rear wing anytime they want uh doors open kind of thing just saying hey like 
there's nothing going on. But of course, you know, they have to have this banter of being like, hey, we still think, you know, if you're going to protest against us, we're going to try to find something that we're going to, you know, clap back at. There's, there's no like if you do something to us, there's always something implications on getting them back. And it's just, yeah, the show goes on. I think we're on like episode 13 of Brewer Principles of Formula One. Is that right? <laughs> just of this season alone? Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> that's. I mean, those two are literally like two little kids in the back of the minivan that won't stop like hitting each other. And it's like, well, he hit me first. And then it keeps going. And Michael Massey's yeah. finally like, I will pull this goddamn car around if you two don't stop doing all right, moving on. Um, we have good guy Lewis Hamilton is duty-bound to raise awareness on human rights during Middle East stint, wearing a rainbow helmet in Cotter. Um, again, I think I said this last time. I'm, maybe I'm converting into a Lewis Hamilton fan, to be honest, uh, because I think I said it last time you we were out on the podcast. But, I mean, Lewis going to Cotter, where I'm pretty, uh, pretty sure records suggest that homosexuality is a big no-no. Um, yeah, wearing a rainbow helmet saying, look, we all, we all got to stick together on this kind of thing. Very, very noble of him. Pretty ballsy to begin with. And I don't really think anybody but Lewis, you know, maybe Seb, like, you know, other world champions could pull this off. But yeah, you know, imagine like, uh, imagine an Esteban Ocon being like, hey, we need to race together. Like Formula One might just kick him out be like, hey, it's not worth this 10 year contract we just signed with Cotter. Yeah, I got a couple things here. I think one going off on, you know, you said Lewis wearing the rainbow helmet. I just want to say, did you see him walking in uh, into Cutter uh, with his outfit that he had? Dude looked like uh, he was part of the Bone Thugs in Harmony, like he was going to beat me up. He was like the Silver Matrix. I mean, my <laughs> God, dude. It was it was insane. Like, he's ready to fight. Uh, the other thing, like, I was just kind of thinking, like, how far can a driver go, uh, an athlete go criticizing a country until, like, something actually bad happens? And it really doesn't take much because we saw that Chinese tennis player come out with that article and 20 minutes later, she's disappeared. So like, like it is kind of like, it is extremely ballsy and like like tip of the hat so much to Lewis Hamilton for actually stepping out there being like, Hey, I don't care what happens to me, how much in trouble I get. Like, I want to say what is right and like say my piece here. Uh, but yeah, I I don't know if you heard that story as well. Uh, pretty terrifying. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't like that. Not a fan. It's always a pretty big gut check when, you know, someone is disappeared. Like, the fact that disappear can be, you know, like someone can be disappeared. Um, that's a scary, scary idea that if you piss off the wrong people, they can be like, oh, yeah, Marco, the guy that uh, did that podcast, he doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, he's gone. What would happen to be like, oh, you know, no, Marco's fine. Did you see that email? It was the emails. Hi, this is Marco. I am doing all right, everyone. Please don't look for me. I, everything is Okay. I did not mean those comments. Drop it. <laughs> it was a big misunderstanding. I will now be taking a permanent leave of absence forever. <laughs> not when I don't want to talk to my family, my friends again. I just want to go into hiding. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah, I'm curious because we do have some potential races in China these next couple of years. Like, we've seen a lot of, like, the Alibaba president and CEO of Alibaba that was disappeared for a couple months after he was criticizing China. So they're not, a, like, afraid to take away the big dogs. I wonder if, like, the drivers or Lewis Vettel see this and they're like, okay, like, China is the one force that we know we can't really mess with. Are you afraid of China? Uh, A little bit, a little bit. I'm not, dude. Come and get it, bitches. Come and get it. It looks like I'll be finding a new host, a new (laughs) co-host. Oh, man. If they ever hear this, can you imagine? 
Luckily, we don't. Could you imagine? They 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 for sure do. Who doesn't? Right. I just put myself on a list. Yeah, many lists. <laughs> uh, all right, moving on to some more positive news. Uh, Carlos Sainz suggested to increase the number of gravel traps to help stop issues with Max and Lewis, like keep facing about pushing each other off. I don't really see how that could. Like, I could see maybe, hey, like they both can't go off, but. If you're the driver pushing someone off, wouldn't it be nice to push them off into a gravel trap? It would benefit them a lot more. Yeah, it'd be like, well, now like I'm for sure ahead. Yeah. Or, but I mean, I I get what he's saying. Like, it's gonna at least stop like the uh, like actual collisions because the cars like kind of immediately slow down on gravel traps. But yeah, I don't. You know, as far as like incentivizing a driver to do stuff that might be a little bit bending the rules, I completely agree. Yeah. Um. I, I did have a couple more things to throw on, not really like newsworthy, but um, or like you know headlines. But uh, take away those us. The uh, FIA has deleted the entire section of the track limits and race directors' notes and replaced oh, it yeah. with coverall for every corner and cutter. Uh, so basically, it's just like, hey, here are the rules that we had about like track limits, exceeding them, how you can do it. We're tossing this all away, and we're going to just make specific where you can go on and off the track. Like, I would think in another sport, it'd be like pass interference. Here's the typical pass interference, and then it's like, no, actually, we're going to do it like kind of what the NFL did last year. Like, we're going to look at every single pass interference and determine, like, it, it could be a little different, you know? And, like, we're going we're gonna to make it per game, per pass, per specific instance. It's just wild how, like, the FI in this sport can – can really just forget about rules at any point, drop them and just move on and make something else as they go along. Yeah. I, I mean, what are you going to say? Like FIA is going to FIA. Um, and yeah, I, I hope, I mean, honestly, from a drama standpoint, I hope some shit does happen where they have to, they have to like review all this just case, you know, case by case, corner by corner. Um, but yeah, I mean, what a better way to, we want to increase the transparency in F1. So we're going to just make it basically a, a toss up for every corner. Transparency as in we will tell you what is right and what is wrong. <laughs> yeah, there are no yeah. rules to determine if we're right or wrong. Yeah. And don't even the, the try la- to try, try to call us out on being right or wrong. Like we will decide. Uh, the last thing I had to say is uh, is Netflix is covering both Red Bull and Mercedes this weekend. I wish they do this for the rest of the season. Jesus Christ. I think that would be perfect. If anybody doesn't know, like the Netflix curse, anytime uh, Netflix crew is following around a team for a weekend, usually pretty horrible things happen. Um, so yeah, I might change my wildcard prediction to you know a Red Bull and a Mercedes clash because I think that's what <laughs> yeah, they're already sure. anticipating. Dude, give the people what they want. Just f- the rest of the season, like, let's focus on these one, two battles and screw the rest of them. Love it. All right. Anything else on the recent headlines or recent news front? It's good. Good for me. Good deal. Well, let's move on to the Cotter Grand Prix and the LaSalle Qatar Circuit, LaSalle International Circuit. But before we do that, we do have a quick word from our sponsor. I don't know how we uh, locked this one down, but this part of the podcast is brought to you by Honey Badgers. Indigenous to Cotter, the honey badgers are cute little guys. Honey badgers make up over 80% of the world's honey badger population. And the honey badgers are a proud people. Although they're not people per se, they're animals. Honey... (laughs) Honey badgers derive their name from a Formula One driver from Australia. Honey badgers have been known to scare humans from time to time, although the fact is that fewer people have been killed by honey badgers than World War I and World War II combined. Honey badgers also love to eat bees. In fact, 
Hundreds of bees are eaten each year by honey badgers alone. Researchers believe that these numbers would be far less if bees were at least as large or larger than honey badgers. <laughs> Thanks, honey badgers, for sponsoring our podcast. Holy shit, man. That is by far my favorite sponsor that we've had all year. Fantastic. I, I was the most proud of, of, yeah, locking down that partnership. So <laughs> Fantastic. Wow. I hope we get them back all the time. Uh, Going to wipe the tears from my eyes from that fantastic. It, it cry. I was crying how good that sponsor was. Thank so you. shout out Honey Badgers. Yeah, shout, hopefully big we shout see out. them around uh, Formula One, the Formula One track for years to come. Let's put that behind us. Let's talk about the LaSalle International Circuit in Cotter. So uh, just a quick little ditty about this track. This track is usually, it's, it's been raced on before, just not in Formula One. So, you know, a lot of reportedly incredible MotoGP races, like the bikes have raced here in the past. Um, so I think that's it's been a great area for them to race, but I'm not totally sure that it's going to be, you know, a great deal of overtakes here just because they only really have one long straight where the pit lane is. And that's where we're going to see a majority of passes thanks to DRS. Speaking of DRS, there are two DRS zones. Um, I think the other one is most likely just going to serve as like a way to creep toward a car so that they can really make that move on the one kilometer main straight uh, that's in front of the pits. So um, a little bit about the like, Cotter Grand Prix. Um, so they're going to be a long-term partner of Formula One. They signed a 10-year contract with F1 to host a Grand Prix, but that contract actually starts next year. So the only reason we're racing there right now is because, you know, two months ago they decided, look, Singapore dropped out, Australia dropped out. I mean, this, this was after, so they were just like finding ways to, uh, to, to pack races in toward the end of the year. Um, so, you know, the good part is if we like the way that this track races, then we have it for another 10 years. Um, the bad part is obviously if we don't, then it's going to suck. It's going to be kind of like Paul Ricard, you know, Sochi, these tracks where we kind of dread it, but you know, who knows anything can happen on a, on a formula one track. So yeah, just, uh, about the track, this is going to be a pretty fast track, uh, average speed of like 237 kilometers an hour is going to be, uh, expected in qualifying six flat out corners. So look for a Red Bull to have a pretty good weekend. Look for Merce- uh, look for a McLaren rather to have a pretty good weekend. And yeah, just because of these fast corners and, and the wear it's going to have on the tires, uh, I think most uh, most analysts are expecting a two stop race here just because it's going to it's going to really wear down the tire and you're going to be losing some time just based off of, you know, if you don't have good grip, you're going to be sliding all around. I think that's all I have there. You know, I was looking up Looking up Cotter, just to share with our listeners, um, and the only thing that I could find that was positive is the World Cup. Uh, the World Cup is going to be hosted there in a year's time, and every other piece of news, it's Friday, and it's Feel Good Friday, so we're not going <laughs> to report any of the horrible things that I read about this country. So I think with that, we will move on. Before we move on, though, we'd like to say the weather. On Saturday, it's going to be high of 84, completely sunny, low of 73. Sunday, high of 85, completely sunny, sunny, low of 73. So it's going to be toasty for the drivers this weekend. I think it was already uh, already warm enough to where some of the drivers didn't want to do the track walk during the day. So a couple of them were doing it at night just because of, I th- of the yeah, heat. So. Yeah, I, th- I thought I saw most of them almost do it, yeah. looked like a little like spectacle, like everyone was out and about. It looked fun. Lights yeah. on, you know, like everyone was in a good mood. It was, it was fun looking. Boys being boys, hanging out, scooting around, whole Mercedes team on that scoot shit. So, yeah, dude, that was, that was good to see Carlos Sainz on his yeah. bike looking like a swagger captain. Um, and, and, yeah, man, I'm I'm excited. I think, like, you know, like I said, 
track's not going to be great for passing just because like not a lot of uh, not a lot of long straights but uh, I think the the people who are going to be gutsy with the break and the people who can you know get the exits right um, are the ones that are going to be you know that are going to be shining this weekend so yeah a lot of good stuff to look forward to even at a track that isn't necessarily takeover friendly overtake friendly yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, we all already have seen a couple drivers during free practice. Lewis and Leclerc pushing those limits, kind of falling off. Uh, and yeah, just trying to figure it out since a lot of them, a lot of uh, drivers don't have really much experience in this. I think the only driver on the track that have ha- had a winning experience here was Sergio Perez. Uh, not in Formula One, though. So uh, yeah, I think that's going to be kind of fun to it is just a lot of drivers just don't know what they're getting into that much you know they can practice on the simulator all they want but until they get on the track it's going to be you know a different story sergio perez did win here i can't remember what for, what uh what series he was racing in when he won but he did look like he was not you know old enough to vote like 14, in mexico yeah, yeah so <laughs> um yeah just uh you know i don't think it gives him a massive advantage but of course you know he's he's seen it before in in a lower formula so yeah good stuff uh all about the Carter grand prix i think it's time to move on to some race predictions Uh, Marco, tell us where we stand right now since you're in the lead. Where we stand, as Ian said, I am in the lead with 24 points, a dashing 24. Kobe and Ian with 23 points. Uh, So keeping it close. Yep. And getting right into it, our first race prediction. Who do we think will crash our DNF? I'm going to go with Antonio Giovinazzi. He has nothing to live for, so screw it. Screw them all. I'm going to go with uh, Carlos Sainz. He came dangerously close to Lando Norris last weekend. I think he's getting a little too big for them Spanish britches. So, yeah, put him down for a crash or DNF for me. Um, winner, I'm going to take Max Verstappen bringing home the Red Bull with those high-speed corners. It's where the Red Bull thrives. I think Max, by a hefty margin here, give me about a 20-second 20, uh, 20 gap. Okay, and if he doesn't get a 20-second gap, that doesn't count. Book it. <laughs> I'm going to go with Valtteri Bottas. I still have my one Lewis count, and I don't know why, but I want to keep it in the back pocket until I, like, like back against the wall. I'm going to throw that out there, so I'm not going to use Lewis. I'm going to go with Valtteri on this one. I really think that's a, that's a pretty solid choice there. My, I think the way you win, if you win, is going to be a Valtteri, Max, and Lewis thing because, if obviously, if Valtteri is in front of Lewis and it's a 1-2, then they'll invert the cars. Um, but they can't invert the cars if Max is between them. So, yeah, right. interesting choice there. For last place, I mean, we're both taking Mazepin here. I think we just uh, are wanting an easy point here, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. Uh, play it smart. And yep. um, most overtakes. I'm going to go with Kimi Raikkonen. He had a, he's done pretty well on his overtakes, actually. I know he's not uh, on the – I think he might be third behind uh, Alonso and Vettel. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he, he had second place last week. I'm going to go with the hot hand on Kimi. Yeah, that's actually that's a great choice. Um, I did see that he was third place. I'm gonna go with the fourth place of uh, of the most overtakes award, the Crypto.com most overtakes award with Lance Stroll. Um, I just he sucked. He was out in Q1 last weekend. I just don't really see him. I mean, I I hope he doesn't necessarily have a great uh, qualifying and then can make up for it uh, on Sunday. Driver of the day. Give me Pierre Gasly. Dude's just been on an absolute heater. I think he understands the importance of him scoring a lot of points since his teammate is obviously incapable of doing so. I mean, he's one man out there, one man show. I'm going to go with Max. Um, I do think that Max is going to pull this one out. Uh, I just think that, as we said, Red Bulls do better with, uh, you know, a lot of corners. Mercedes do better with straights. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Max on the driver of the day. Our douche of the day. (laughs) 
I'm going to go with Sergio Perez. Uh, I, I do think that, you know, just kind of with this battle front, so much pressure relies on these second drivers with Valtteri and Perez. And I think one of them is bound to just like, oh, one of them is bound to think that they have to do too much at, too, at one point in time and yeah. Yeah, just get a little slip up, a little bing, bang, boom. See you later. Yeah, I'm going to bing, bang, boom. See you later with Yuki Sonoda. Um, he arguably was the douche last weekend. Um, this is the only track. He does have an advantage here just because most drivers have also not raced on this track. So it's not like he's coming in at a, at a you know, experience disadvantage with this track in particular. But yeah, give me douche of the day, Yuki Sonoda. Fastest pit stop. This one I'm starting to dread. You know, we, we take Red Bull out since they're usually the quickest. I'm starting to dread this one because you've gotten this right, I think, twice in the last three, t- three go-arounds. So uh, I'm going to go with Aston Martin for this one in a non-confident way. Yeah, I'm going to – I did Ferrari, I think, what was it, Mercedes two weeks ago. I did Ferrari last week. Uh, Ferrari's just been up there the last couple of weeks. I'm going to keep going with Ferrari. I don't think that's going to happen. I really don't. But, I mean, they're just – they're doing it. I don't know. They figured something out. They figured yeah. out. I think they might be cheating. I don't know. And I love it. <laughs> cheating down in the pits. Cheating down in the pits, as everybody does. <laughs> yeah, uh, no one looks. You got to cheat where no one looks to think that you could cheat in. In the pit stop is where you do it. Our last but not least race prediction, our wild card prediction. I'm going to go with both Charles Claire and Carlos Sainz past Lando this week in the Drivers' Championship. Charles is three points behind Lando, and Carlos is a big, big 12.5 points behind Lando. So that is pretty uh, pretty absurd. I, that definitely won't happen unless Lando gets out of the points. Carlos uh, gets you know his kind of P5 area, P4. Uh, so, yeah, that's not going to happen, but, you know, why not? Yeah, you. I mean, you need a P3 to for that to happen, but crazier things have happened. Ferrari's been pretty good in these... Uh, in, in like kind of the, the high downforce stuff. So who knows? Um, I uh, changed my wildcard prediction midway through this podcast because you told me that Netflix is following both Red Bull and Mercedes. So if that's not an absolute giveaway that Red Bull and Mercedes are going to crash together, then I don't know what it is. Give me Red Bull crashing, crashing into a Mercedes uh, for, and you know, I, I, as if we haven't had enough drama in this Formula One season already, um, this is you know this is what I want to see. I think the this is just going to shake up both the constructors and the drivers' championships in a way that uh, that only makes sense for a year as crazy as twenty twenty one. Yeah, that seems like a surefire win right there. Congratulations on that. <laughs> <you>. Damn it. <laughs> awesome, and I think that's everything before we uh, before we wrap up ahead of this Cotter Grand Prix weekend. Anything else before we uh, before we send the people on their way for race weekend? No, no. Just, uh, yeah, very excited. Let's, so, I mean, coming back together Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, whenever we do, th- we could have a completely different landscape that we're seeing uh, and cannot wait to, to go well, to watch it live along the way and uh, discuss. I don't know why I don't know. <laughs> I'm leaving all that. Nope, <laughs> nope, nope, nope. Nope, don't have anything to discuss here. So, uh, yeah, hopefully we have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you guys right after the race. All right, see you assholes. See you assholes.